For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. In our business, we're big fans of financial literacy and accountability. Knowing your numbers is an essential aspect of building a successful business and inherent responsibility for any entrepreneur. We also believe that what you focus on grows. So pay attention to your money. How do we stay up to speed on our numbers? We use Bench for our bookkeeping. It's simple, elegant, and saves us so many hours that would otherwise be spent neck deep in receipts on the other side of a spreadsheet. Each month, our transactions are automatically imported into Bench and we get on-demand financial reports. We even enjoy opening up our profit and loss statement to review each month. And when tax time comes around, we are up to date and ready to go. And this is what financial empowerment feels like. Head on over to anshe.co slash bench to save 20% off your Bench accounting plan for the first six months. Welcome to the Angie Spoke Podcast. <laughs> Hello, Jenny. I'm still like, it's like episode four of this and I still giggle every time you say that. I'm sorry. It throws you off. I know. Oh boy. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I know we're sort of in a, we're creatures of habit and used to having a different show. Well, in this episode of Angie Spoke, we are taking on a pretty big and heady concept. And this has to do with work-life balance and this concept of vacating your life and the need to separate yourself from your obligations, especially as an entrepreneur. So Sandy, this topic is so important to me because I remember when we first started working together and I had this like very bifurcated life and I had this other career and you did too. And both of us were still like hanging on to this other identity. And we, you know, when we both started software companies and came into this online business space, we we were reluctant to let go of our other identities or to blend them really in any way. And so I think that like so many people are in that same space where you pursue business and entrepreneurship because you want this life that you don't have to take a vacation from. And that's something that Seth Godin has talked about and that we've talked about and embraced. And I think that we're reaching the other side of that now where our lives and our entrepreneurial work are it's all so entwined that there's no there's no boundaries, right? There are no boundaries that cut our work and ourselves and our families off from one another. And I think so many of us work like this in 2020 mm-hmm. that I think we're reaching this other flip side of how do you actually create those boundaries now and have 
the ability to sort of vacate your identity and step away and have a true break. Right. When I had my previous job before starting the software companies, I so desperately wanted a job where I could have no boundaries so that there wasn't a start time and a stop time, you know, doors open, doors close at specific times. I just wanted to release all of that and have some more fluidity in my day. And I remember you saying, I don't, I don't know, I remember you telling the story about Seth Godin and, you know, saying like, we should be doing lives that we don't need a vacation from. And I never, ever understood that concept because whether you love your life or whether you, you know, hate your job or whatever, like it is the vacation to me is not something you step away, you step into to step away from something because you dislike it. A vacation has a purpose, whether you're in love with your life or not. Like it's a place to take a break and to go and stop everything and get perspective and have an open mind and experience new places and new things and be with your family and just like break the monotony of your year. So I never understood that. But I do understand this idea of when we are working online as we do, like, where does it how much do we share? And how much do we where is that line like that idea of an office and you have here's my work life and here's my work persona. And then I leave the office and I have a personal life that not nobody is privy to. Like that's interesting. Yeah, that doesn't exist for most of us that are, if you're listening to the show, that doesn't really exist, right? Because so many of you are on Instagram stories all the time. Like what is personal and private is blended with what is business and work and um, public. And so I think that those boundaries for so many people have crossed or disappeared or become blurry. And I want to say this concept for me, Sandy, is not really just about a vacation. Like I try to think about it like as stepping away from work, like even day to day, like if I'm taking a shower, I'm listening to a podcast or I'm doing dishes or I'm cooking dinner or I'm going on a walk or like if I'm having a conversation, so many of my friends and my confidants, the people in my life are built around sort of my identity as an entrepreneur or as a professional, like in my, the rest of my life, in my community, the activism and the work that I do defines me in such a way that like, there's no Jenny separated from those identities. And I, I find that really a hard place to be. And even, you know, in our company was started, Namastream, our software company, Sandy was started for yoga studios. And I remember distinctly when I started to not want to ever go to a yoga studio anymore because I would be recognized because <laughs> we like, this is a really small, you know, it's not small, it's not a small industry, but it is at the same time that we work in. And two times <laughs> that I've been to a yoga studio, I've been recognized like, oh, are you the person who made Namastream? And that is so weird to me and makes me pretty uncomfortable. Um, to the point that like I'm afraid to go to a fitness or yoga studio because of that, which is bizarre. And I, you know, I don't expect anyone to ever recognize me. And so when it's happened, it's like, so I just want to go be anonymous and take a yoga class. And so I think like there's this whole idea that like when I can't just go and turn my brain off and flow in a yoga class because I like represent our company, you know, this like, it, and I, and I feel like I'm not alone in this. Like if you have any kind of public persona you know, in the work that you do, it's so hard to like escape from that because you always have a device with you and you always are sort of expected to represent the work. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about that because I don't know that that's true. I think that's a choice that we have to 
that we make. And I am wrestling between like what society and culture is making me feel. I resent going out about my day and always thinking, oh, should I photograph this for Instagram? My mind is occupied with like, should I be capturing this moment to share for our brand? Will it help increase people? It will help people know who we are and build trust and ultimately lead to a sale. That's a terrible way to live. But that's my decision to do that. Like that's my thinking that that forces that behavior. So I think there's got to be an awareness of like, we get to choose what we do in a day. And so if you don't want to do yoga, you don't have to do yoga, but it doesn't like that's your choice. Like, why do we feel like culture, like the pressures of culture are there, but we have full agency on how, you know, what actions we take with those pressures. No, I totally agree. But I think, you know, these changes are so new in our culture that we don't have the tools or the mental techniques to know how to navigate them always. And so for me, like, I think in the olden days in our other society, like you had a job, or at least this is what the idea was that you would have a job or career and like you would go to work and there'd be hours that you worked. And then when you're not at work, you're on your free time or your family time. And like, you're just a regular person like you go to yoga class or go to a fitness class and you're just like this anonymous individual and who you are is about like you know maybe your neighbor is there or maybe you know like a mom from the same school where your kids go or it's this different concept now where like I want to go be anonymous in a yoga class or a bar class or whatever and I just want to be in my body and be off and I don't I, I have the sense that I I can't be off because and I don't think this is unique to me or you or anything I think that like all of us who choose to have a public presence in one way or another whether it's the new sort of online economy or not like because of social media and because we're so interconnected and always kind of projecting you know a public presence I think it's really hard to find a way to just be absent from that. And I do agree that it's a choice and it's mental and whatever, but I just don't think that we've talked about how to do this very well. And I think our culture is not right now setting us up for having those kinds of boundaries and boundaries are so important. Yeah, no, that's why we're having this conversation is just to like get us thinking about how is my day set up? And the word is like blurred. It's just all blurry. And in some cases, I just love that it's blurry and it can come and go, you know, from my desk and do whatever as I need. But my I struggle with the boundary of always being on. That is hard, right? Because there's always 24-7 someone who needs help. Yes. And I struggle with what, how do I display this whole like branding thing, like on social media, like the branding showing our lives, getting people to know us. And we teach this stuff, right? Like we have a whole community of people who are looking to build businesses. And, you know, in this day and age, it's part of it. But I think there's a very decisions that we need to make, like how much am I willing and when am I willing to share? The idea just to go out and let my mind wander and be and not look at everything, everything through Instagram eyes is like, incredibly important to our sanity. Mm-hmm. But we need to let us do that. Yeah, I think that's right. And I do think that being an entrepreneur and taking on 
this role of sort of a leader in something or a, a creator in something comes with it certain responsibilities. And so I think, you know, I don't know what Seth Godin would say as a response to this, but I'm, I mean, he gets recognized, like obviously he's so recognizable and he's so known by so many people or to so many people, like there's not a day in that man's life that I'm sure he's not recognized on the street. Right. And it's part of the responsibility of having made something or have had, have said something public or having a point of view that you're sharing and not being afraid of. And so I get that that's just part of what it is. It's, it's sort of like how it is for celebrities, but in this like mm-hmm. very like smaller <laughs> version, right? It's like you, okay, you made those choices and that's part of what goes along with it. But I, I guess like for me, the piece that's so tricky is that it's like we're a whole, everyone's a celebrity now, you know, in our own way, everyone who chooses to have a public presence. And, and we don't all, like, we just think about how celebrities deal with this. Think about what's going on with like Meghan Markle. And mm-hmm. it's hard to have that. It's hard to have that kind of responsibility. It's hard to know how to manage a public persona. And like celebrities and people who are really super uber famous struggle with it. And so how do we, you know, how do we take a break from the persona of who we've become and, and can, I guess the question is, can we like, obviously you can take a vacation, a vacation is the perfect example, Sandy. And I think that that's why, you know, that's where your mind initially went is that like, that's the easiest way to like go far away from what you're used to being around and a very like delineated timeframe where you're intentionally cutting yourself off from your work and you're creating that boundary. And I think that's super important, but how do you actually do that? You know, on a day to day basis, because we can't, we can't only have like one or two weeks a year where we have that, that space to just be off. Mm -hmm. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy to use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. Unlike other startups, Namastream was created by women for women. If you're looking for a simple, streamlined way to build and grow an online business, you can learn more at namastream.com. But I think you can. I think you can shut it down. And, and I'm saying this because I need to do this more, as, as you know, that like I, you know, the inbox like haunts me all the time. And so I have been thinking about this, you know, a lot of it from conversation with you is like, I think that when I end at the day, and this is like sort of reverting back to old school hours, but maybe there's a lot of value in that. We get to decide that, you know what, from, I don't know, whatever, four to nine, I'm off. Mm-hmm. Like we can declare that. Yeah. And I have done that on some e- evenings and it feels normal and good and great. I grew up without the internet or with cell phones. And I think there's a lot of value in that because I know I was thinking about my, you know, preparation. I was thinking about my kid, my child, and he's only known cell phones and whatever. And like hanging out with his friends always seems to involve technology. And it's a real gift that I grew up in an era where I didn't have that. And so I think maybe it's easier for me to revert to that. But, you know, thinking about our company, Jenny, and going forward, like I really want to make sure with all the, as we build out our team, that it's very clear that we don't expect them to be online to, if, if you go on vacation, Jenny, like ideally, or you or I go on vacation or whoever on our team goes on vacation, they are offline. Like there is no expectation that they need to check in at all. That should be the normal. 
Yeah. That's what I know. Well, you're going to enforce that because you're really good at that, Sandy. Like you have these Canadian values that the rest of the world can benefit from. Well, I think the Europeans also have them. But I mean, I, I would say, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And vacation is the easiest way to have those boundaries because it's clear and it's on a calendar right. and it's an agreed upon thing. And th- so sure. the messy part is like all of the other time when there is no vacation and life is a messy blur of 24 hours a day. I know, you know, you and I are in a particular situation because we run a technology company that's serving a lot of people. So there are always people trying to reach us at all hours from all parts of the world, right? And so whether mm-hmm. that's like messaging our Facebook page, like or, like DMing in Instagram or writing us into our support inbox or at, like applying to be a guest on our podcast or messaging us in Inner Circle or messaging, messaging us in our Facebook group or there are, I don't know how many places I have to check notifications every day and it's exhausting, right? And so, and but I, and I think that we have an extreme version of that you and I do, but I don't think Mm -hmm. we're alone. Like I, I realized I hadn't been into LinkedIn in like, I don't know, months and months. And, and so I was like, I should probably check that. Cause I got some kind of email that somebody messaged me in LinkedIn. And then I go in there and it's just like, and I was like, ah, you know, I didn't miss not being in here for three months. Like what? Like, it's just too many places and it's too many people wanting something. It's just so overwhelmingly exhausting. And I think we have to, as online entrepreneurs have very clear boundaries Just even, it's not even like I ever was ever going to respond to anybody in LinkedIn about anything, right? But there's this idea that like I should check because these people are trying to reach me and God, like what if they really need something? You know, like, no, I don't have to check anything. If they really need to reach you, there are multiple ways they can reach you. Like, I I don't ever go into LinkedIn. There's just no need for me to be there. But it's just like, there's so many places. And I think This is a challenge for boundaries. And so I, you know what, I think we should create, and I'm just going to declare this on the podcast. Like, I think we should create an entire online course on boundaries or a challenge. And I think boundaries are one of the trickiest, most sort of untested spaces for people and, and, and aspects of life to deal with boundary, like the needs that we have as humans around boundaries are shifting because of the changing culture and the change, like changes in technology and what's around us. And, and it's not just social media, like it's beyond that, but social media doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. So just listening to you talk, there's like the boundaries around my response to the incoming messages. And then there's the boundaries around like showing up on social. What do you share? How often do you share? How often are you on stories? And I think you really can decide that for you can just like ask the question and figure it out for yourself. Like if it feels awful and horrible and exhausting, then maybe that's not your platform. And do we really need to be posting every day and 18 stories to be out there? I think some people love it, right? And some people connect from it, but I, you can decide to set the boundaries of like what days and when you're going to do stuff or, or like what your relationship is to that platform, any given platform. I mean, I've been using the Facebook newsfeed eradicator for years and years, that great Chrome extension. And and I made the mistake, like a couple times a year, I'll make the mistake of going, like accidentally trying to get into our Facebook group from Safari or another browser and the extension isn't there to block the feed. And it's like this physical assault to me to have the Facebook feed show up. Like it is actually like, <gasps> it's like a devastating feeling. And I feel so bad encountering that space that like to me, 
if we didn't have a business that relied on this platform, I would 100% close that out that account. Like it is such a, it's such a, an emotionally dangerous space for me. And I know for so many people, but those are the decisions you can make around your boundaries, right? And so like thou shalt never access Facebook from a non-Chrome browser or a browser that doesn't have a newsfeed eradicator because like there's no good for me in, in like seeing that information. Like I absolutely don't need to see like a high school friend's son's kindergarten picture. Like I don't need that. Like it's not useful. It's overwhelming me with information. My antidote to this, and maybe we shouldn't make an online class because this is my antidote. First of all is handicrafts, right? Like I love crafting and making stuff and obviously like botanical distillation and all, but like, I'm like sewing Waldorf gnomes. Like I'm like doing stuff like that. And last week I had a very stressful week for a lot of reasons and this week. And I had this um, embroidery floss, like this sashiko embroidery floss, this cotton thread from Japan that I was learning mending, like these you know, Japanese mending techniques. That's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Anyway, this thread had gotten so terribly tangled and I couldn't sew my little Waldorf gnome that I wanted to sew and for my child. And I just had like this mess of yarn and thread. And I just like spent two days, like every free moment sitting in a comfortable chair, like meticulously untangling this thread. And it's like $5. I should have just like the normal productive Jenny would have (laughs) thrown the goddamn thread out and bought new thread because it was two days to untangle it. But it was like the most pleasurable, satisfying thing like anytime I had like a break to just go sit down and actually like untangle this like rat's nest of cotton embroidery thread Mm -hmm. and you don't feel guilty about that (laughs) and you don't feel bad about that and you don't need to Instagram that like look at me untangling this right it was like this very zen meditative experience for me Mm -hmm. and I didn't need to talk about it well, right. now I'm talking now about Now you it. are. <laughs> Dear God, I've caught, I've been caught in a trap, but <laughs> I never intended to talk about it. It's a little embarrassing. That's not embarrassing. Like it's embarrassing that I like, I'm choosing to manually untangle thread for hours as like my hobby, but that's the truth. Yeah, that's not embarrassing. And it's, it's just like, it's the best feeling. <laughs> you don't have to think like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to, cause I, I actually like, I got this loom in June. The other side of this is I ordered this loom. My daughter and I were like really getting into weaving like last spring and I ordered this loom. This is a beautiful loom. And it was in this unopened box until a week ago because like I did not have time to look at it and put it together and learn how to use it. And it made me sad to think that there's this loom sitting there. And I actually, so we like open it up and my husband built the loom for me and it's still sitting there, but I had, but I like don't have the mental capacity to learn how to use the loom right now, but I can untangle a giant ball of thread. Like I don't have to think so. Well, I think that you and I should work on this. I feel like we've brought more questions to this topic than answers. And I think we wrestle, I think all of us wrestle with this sort of dilemma in our minds. And as a company and as people, Jenny, I want to be the leaders in this space. And I want to have an incredible vacation policy for anyone who works with us and for Day to day, I 100% 2020, one of my goals personally is to be available less. That's what I'm going to say. So I think like that's experiment with this and maybe we need to revisit. I would love to hear from the visitors how they separate or layer their days like into public and personal time. And I think we need to continue to explore it. Yeah. And I don't think anyone really has the answers. And if your company's revenue 
your income is based on you having a public presence, then like you have to do, that's your job, right? But when your job blends into your life, things get complicated. And as we see happens for celebrities and has happened since the advent of celebrity. And so now that we're all like a mini version of that to some degree, we've chosen to take that on our, you know, their tools are available. So just even if you don't have a business, like for so many people, it's become a part of their lives. Like we have to evolve as human beings and come up with ways of balancing that and protecting ourselves from that. You know, and I, I think like this whole analog side of, of life is so incredibly important. And I know so many people realize that. And I hope that we can come up with ways to, to, to have these like beautiful, amazing, regenerative online businesses, but then also to have a balance with this, this whole other analog side of our lives that allows for that anonymity and that, that sense of vacating your life from time to time. Like I just... God, all I want, sometimes like I fantasize, like what do I want right this minute? And like, I think about what would it be like to be on an international flight and to be having an airport transfer in Amsterdam? Like that feeling of like walking through a foreign airport where you know, like you're not going to see somebody, but you're in this space that's like this collective space, but you're, you're anonymous and you're alone and you're safe. Maybe that's like my weird, unique fantasy. (laughs) Like no one else fantasizes about like, pulling their suitcase through the airport in Amsterdam on a connecting flight. But yeah, we're going to talk more about that offline because that's, (laughs) I just, you know what? I live in a small community. Yeah, like You already live on an island. Like how much more anonymous do you want to be? You want to know the thing that I didn't realize about living on an island, a tiny little island is that everybody knows your business all the time Mm -hmm. and you're never anonymous. And so that feeling of like being in a foreign city in an airport and the anonymity is like delicious. It sounds so delicious to Mm -hmm. me, even though. Or you live in a city. And you can just get the same no, thing. No, no, it's not. It, you've got to like Nobody not be are. able to run into anybody you know. Like you have to have like, it has to be a place that you are highly unlikely to run into anybody. Because when I'm in Seattle, I see people I know. Interesting. I don't. I know. Well, we have I different fantasies, obviously. Yeah, like, I don't care if I run into anyone. I can duck and avoid them if oh, I want to. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> let's go into joy and hustle. So Jenny, you have the joy. I do have the joy. So I want to talk about. Well, so this is actually all related to the thread, right? <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to bring it back to the thread and the pile of thread, this idea of mending and less waste and sort of detoxifying our lives of both like toxins but also like moving towards zero waste. I think is something that we all should be doing. I know it's something that I've been working on my whole life pretty much, but I came across this amazing site uh, recently called No Tox Life. They make and sell all kinds of personal and home cleaning tools and supplies, but they make this dishwashing soap bar that's just, it looks amazing. I don't have one yet, but I've placed an order. And just this idea that like, you don't have to get a bot. You can either get a refill of your dish soap or make your own dish soap or else like order a bar. They have shampoo bars and all kinds of stuff. And this, this idea of like having less stuff to recycle and throw away because the dirty little secret about recycling is it it's not all that environmentally friendly, right? There's still a lot of energy and waste involved in that process. And so just moving towards a more sustainable lifestyle. So no tox life. And we won't talk about the money it costs to ship stuff that you order you online, You know what? Right? 
I'm told that they they use sustainable shipping. This one might even be one of the ones that uses re, like recycling shipping boxes. So like boxes that were used for other stuff. And I know there's a lot of energy and well, you know what, Sandy, I will say that I do make a lot of my own cleaning products and self-care products, right? Like I have a whole company mm-hmm. about that, but that also ships. So there's it's just, I don't, I'm not criticizing. It's just like this. No, it's like, there's no, per. I mean, yes, right. got it. I know it's, it's but just it's, so but circular, it's, le- right? it's a lesser evil in my mind. And you yeah. know, the truth is, is like, I'm the kind of person that once I find something I like, I'm going to try to make it right. Like give me three months and we'll be making like these dish cleaning bars in my house because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I can't just like let something be easy. I'm going to have to go like try to make a dishwashing soap bar, but that's just the way it is. Excellent. Okay. Hustle is the is a little bit different for us. The hustle this week is the Wiccaninish in Tofino, British Columbia, Canada. This is a place that is worth just looking up on line. I think it's Wiccan, W-I-C-K. Yeah, Wiccanin.com. I have been here many, 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 many times, and uh, we used to vacation in Tofino all the time as a kid. And Tofino, for those of you who don't know, is on Vancouver Island, on um, middle of the island, the west, so it faces this rough, rough Pacific Ocean and cold, and Tofino is sort of the surfing capital of Canada. It's, yeah, but you have to wear a wetsuit. But it's beautiful. It's rugged. It's beautiful. It's difficult to get to. Jenny just mentioned it, and I was like, I've been there. And so we just decided we're going to do a retreat what we're going to do, a work thing or just a Yeah, tr- we're going to do like a Q3 retreat. And just, just us, us. And we're going to go to Wiccan Inish and we are going to photograph the hell out of it and put it on all IG. And we are not going to blur lines then. Yes, we will. But it is a place that it's like, everybody look at this. It's just the most incredible. It's really well known for storm watching. So like in the winter, people go there into Wiccan Inish and they just sit and watch the storms come in off the Pacific. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, I have wanted to go to this place for at least 15 years, and I have begged and pleaded all kinds of people in my life to go there with me, and no one would ever go. And it's a quite expensive place to go, which I think is why. Even though I've offered to pay for it in the past, um, I think people feel guilty about it. But you know what? We're going to go, and it's going to be a business trip, and we're going to do all kinds of planning and business-related activities, maybe some videography. We'll do all kinds of stuff out there, and I'm finally going to get to go. And obviously, you've been there a million times, but... Yeah, it's just like, go look at the website. Like I have this this hotel on my vision board from when I was like 25 years old. You know, it's like one of those places I always wanted to go. And so I'm so excited that we're making a decision to go there. So even though it hasn't happened yet, it's a joy because so much about travel is the anticipation before it happens, right? Yes. Getting excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be great. So check it out if you've never heard Wiccaninish Inn in Tofino, British Columbia. All right, folks. So we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free.